It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher-level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. A few weeks ago, I took a trip to the eastern side of Beijing, to an area called Chaoyang. This part of the city is full of skate shops, fashion boutiques, and buildings under construction. Of course, there's always construction in Beijing. I was there to visit the office of Bluid, a hugely popular social network for gay men, and to meet the founder, Gung Lei. In person, he's a bit surprising. He's 41, he's got a close-cropped haircut, wearing a Nike-branded Just Do It t-shirt and dark navy blue sweatpants. He really does not look like a tech bro or an LGBT icon. If anything, he reminds me a bit of my suburban uncle. Gungla is probably the most famous gay man in China now. But not that long ago, he wasn't openly gay. He was a police officer, married to a woman. So yes, Gungla is definitely surprising. In China, gay rights are non-existent, and under President Xi Jinping, there's been a crackdown on civil society, public expression, and human rights in general. Even so, Blued has been able to thrive by tapping the LGBT community as a market. In just a few years, Blued has attracted 40 million users. That rivals Grindr, one of the earliest gay dating apps. And Blued is preparing to IPO. When I sat down with Gung Lei, he told me that the biggest difference between Bluid and other companies is its ideals and beliefs. He wants to showcase a Chinese company diligently serving the LGBT community, showing that they can do things with value and philanthropy. Gung Lei's latest venture puts this philosophy to the test. It's called Bluid Baby, a service to help gay men who want to have babies by surrogate overseas. Surrogacy is technically illegal in China, but there's growing demand for it anyway. You can see that in places where it is legal, like California, where more and more straight Chinese couples have gone for surrogacy. Blued now wants to help its clients do the same thing. Running almost any business in China requires navigating a lot of uncertainty. For Blued, the risk is even more acute. If it wants to grow, it's got to push the frontiers of what's possible and acceptable for the LGBT community in China, which still faces a lot of stigma and prejudice. China is a country where there's no gay marriage, and a gay couple can't adopt a child. So Blued is testing the government's tolerance for something quite new, gay families. I'm Pia Gadkari. I'm David Ramley. And I'm Dune Lawrence. You're listening to Decrypted. For most of his life, Gung Le was known as Ma Bao Li. He was a veteran police officer in Hebei province, which is outside Beijing. And he was married to a woman. But online, he was someone else. He used the alias Gung Le to live a parallel life as a gay man and an internet entrepreneur. He'd started a website called Dan Lan, which became an important hub for the LGBT community in China. And he juggled these two careers for more than a decade, rising through the ranks of the police as Ma Bao Li 
whilst expanding the website as Gung Le. And then in 2012, his police superiors discovered what he'd been doing. He talked to me about what a difficult period that was. He said that when local media outed him as the developer of the service, he was forced to choose between shutting it down or leaving the force. He chose the latter, horrifying his parents in a country where stable government jobs are highly prized. Things got even worse when they checked out his business and they realised he was gay. He said the shock made his mother so ill he had to return home and look after her. Of course, this was also the end of his marriage. Despite all that, Gung La doubled down on his online venture and threw himself into launching Blued, an app for the Chinese gay community. It was late 2012. Like other dating apps, Blued used geolocation to help men find dates and connect with friends. Gung Le's timing was good. After all, this was the smartphone boom, when mobile use and access to the internet was exploding, and investors were eager to find the next Tencent or Baidu. One of those investors was David Chow at the firm DCM. He'd spotted Blued in 2014. DCM had already backed other Chinese social media companies, and David thought the LGBT community was a huge potential market. In the United States, about one out of 10 people or 10% are LGBT members. Um, And of course, in China, that would imply if it gets to the U.S. levels in the future, that would imply 140 million people. So, you know, the uh, LGBT market in China in the future could be larger than the entire population of Japan. Nowhere near that many people identify themselves openly as gay in China now. And it's obviously hard to know or measure what percentage of any population is gay or is openly gay or might be gay. But investors like David also see extra potential in gay consumers, in China at least, because they tend to have more spending power than the average, in part because they don't have children. That's the promise of the so-called pink economy. We expect it to grow uh, into... Uh, high single digits over the next five to 10 years. And and hence, you know, you have a large enough community to um, support an entire economy of its own. That potential is starting to become a reality and Blued has played a big role. Its most popular function is video broadcasts where users live stream to their followers who can send virtual gifts and money. Blued gets a cut of these virtual payments and it also runs regular ads in the app. With millions of people signing up, the gay community has become more visible in China. There is a growing movement, and there are more and more spaces where, where people uh, can, can be out in China. That's Darius Longarino, a senior fellow at the Paul Tsai China Center, part of Yale Law School. Darius studies LGBT issues and legal reform in China, and I wanted to talk to him about how Blued fits into the broader context of gay rights. Even if they're from remote places, places in the countryside, third-tier cities, where, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it'd be really hard to find your community, but through Blued, it's much easier now. So there's a a growing connected community that has uh, higher visibility in society and even advocacy organizations that are starting to advocate for the community and the movement. As optimistic as that sounds, there are still a lot of risks involved for anyone and any business associated with the LGBT community. 
Blued is carving out a market that hasn't existed in the past, at least partly because of intense stigma around being gay. In China, there are no explicit legal protections against discrimination based on sexual orientation, and there's also no gay marriage and no civil partnership for same-sex couples. And the government has become less tolerant of demands for civil rights of any kind in recent years. I don't think, and many advocates in China do not think, uh, the government is targeting LGBT issues per se, but they're wary of any form of organization where uh, people are finding each other and trying to create movements. Someone who's experienced this personally is Ryan Luo. He lives in Guangzhou in southern China and works for an NGO focused on LGBT health. I met him recently in New York. He described what the atmosphere is like right now. At the beginning of 2017, the whole, uh, you know, services, not only LGBT, but the whole civil society situation got, you know, a whole lot worse in China. So the uh, kind of direct, uh, uh, you know, impact of that is, uh, you know, a lot of events, like openly gathering events, we cannot do. Like, we, a lot of our events got shut down. But mm. why? Why would your events get shut down because any kind of group event gets shut down? You know, they just don't want you to kind of get together and, you know, try to come up with something and, you know, to advocate or, you know, do things together, I think. But especially LGBT things right now, I think. Because Ryan says he still sees room to move things forward. But he and his colleagues have been getting more visits from the police and are more careful now about how they communicate and what they do in public. Like, very, very seriously careful. Even, you know, we stopped talking things on WeChat. We all moved to Signal. Um, if, if only a little bit sensitive, we go to Gmail. Yeah, just this, this kind of thing. Uh, and also, you know, like our events, our poster, we don't put our logo anymore. Because if we put our logo, then, you know, it, it will get shut down. It's not always easy to predict where the line is that you shouldn't cross. For example, a dating app for lesbians called Rilla got shut down in 2017 over an event in Shanghai. First, you have to know that Shanghai has a weekly wedding market in a park where parents come to mingle and find husbands and wives for their single adult children. Rilla helped organise a group of parents whose children are gay. But a few days after they went to the wedding market, the app got shut down. It disappeared from app stores and from social media, although it has since relaunched. Darius, the Yale researcher, says that initially the government was just as wary of Blued. But Gungla was a former civil servant, and he knows how officialdom works in China. He's been very smart about smoothing the way politically for his business. Blued had successfully sold itself as like a up-and-coming tech darling to, to the government example of indigenous Chinese innovation. It, it, it's an example of success for a Chinese enterprise. Blued isn't exceptional in this respect. All large companies in China need to stay on the government's good side, so it's normal for companies to foster relationships with officials. But Blued has been especially assiduous at courting the government, in part by stepping lightly and avoiding public scrums. For example, in 2016, the government issued rules that banned depictions of so-called abnormal sexual behavior on Chinese television, which included homosexuality. The next year, a government-affiliated group issued similar rules for online content. Some major platforms reacted by banning gay-themed content altogether, causing uproar in the LGBT community. Instead of commenting publicly, Gungla got in touch privately with one of the officials responsible. That official said he'd just taken old rules for TV and applied them online. 
Gongla framed it as a business issue. He suggested that next time, there should be more opportunity for public input. In January of this year, the same group issued another list of banned subjects, this time for short video platforms. The list includes foot fetishes and criticism of the Chinese Communist Party. But it doesn't include explicit mention of homosexuality. Gongla thanked the official privately and counts it as a win for dialogue over confrontation. Gong Le said that he really believes dialogue can solve problems and that the government is supportive of his company because it knows Bluid is doing things well. He said that even though there are some officials who aren't very tolerant of the gay community, overall, he said the government is well-intentioned. That right there is a good example of Gong Le's business savvy. Blue's market may depend on pushing social boundaries, but Gungla's focus is definitely on business, not on advocacy and not on challenging the government. In fact, Blue has become an essential partner for the government in its public health outreach, particularly for HIV and AIDS programs. And this strategy has worked, at least for now. Blue has been growing rapidly since 2012, and today it's got 40 million total users. About 60% of those are in China, and the rest are outside China, mainly in countries where there's a big Chinese-speaking population. The Blued investor David Chow says the company is planning to diversify into new services that cater to LGBT consumers, and Blued Baby is the first. The idea came from Gungla's own life because about four years ago, he started looking seriously at becoming a father. He says he always liked kids and thought they were cute. But then he hit 35, and he started to envy other people when he saw them with their children. He wanted one of his own. There was a lot to figure out, like where it's even legal to have a child by surrogate. He also thought about what life might be like for his child, the child of a gay man in China. He said he thought about how the child might feel a lot of pressure, or experience prejudice, or feel insecure or unsafe. He said the child might feel that other people have mothers, but that he didn't. In fact, he told me a story about how, not long ago, while they were all at home together, his son called out for a mother that he just didn't know. Eventually, Gung La decided to go to California for surrogacy. He was hoping for twins, but only one baby came to term. Gung Le spent a month in L.A., two weeks before the birth and two afterwards. He said the feeling of fatherhood never really hit him until he held his son in his arms. It was then on that he really felt the rising combination of love and responsibility. Gunglo's son now lives outside the city with his grandparents and his other dad, Gunglo's boyfriend, mostly because the air quality and the environment is better there. Gunglo FaceTimes with his son and, of course, gets lots of photos and updates about what he's doing. Like lots of parents, he thinks his son is extremely smart and says maybe he'll go to school in the U.S. one day. Gung Le says surrogacy is something really positive that's transformed his life and lightened some of the pressures of being gay in China. It's also part of the reason he decided to start Blued Baby. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. 
Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. In December, I went to L.A. to visit HRC Fertility. It's one of the clinics that Blued partners with in California. It has a refined beige reception area, and they get a lot of Chinese clients, which you can tell because there's so much Chinese being spoken. Maybe more Chinese than English. I was there to meet a man named Russell, who'd flown in from China to deposit semen, which is the first step in having a baby by surrogate. Uh, I come from Shanghai. Uh, I have a partner. Uh, I'm out to everyone except my parents. Russell isn't one of Blued Baby's clients, but he's just the sort of person Gungla is hoping to serve. He's 37 and works in marketing for an international company. He also has his own marketing business on the side. Russell's parents still live in the small rural town where he grew up. And he says it's becoming an issue that they don't know he's gay. They don't understand why he's not settling down and starting a family. Remember the marriage market in Shanghai we talked about? Because I'm getting older and older, then the pressure is stronger and stronger from the family, then just since recently, I think maybe it's a good idea to have a baby. And also, I personally, I like babies too. So why not? So also the reason I wanted to have a baby is for them, because they have a, they give me a lot of pressure. They want me to get married. So I'm thinking maybe I can just skip the step, like skip marriage just to babies. That's much easier for me. The path to becoming a gay parent is full of hurdles. For starters, it's incredibly expensive. Russell is budgeting $200,000 for the process, and that's about how much Gungla spent as well. Russell first looked into adoption, but found it would be impossible for him as a single gay man in China. He has friends who've had babies by surrogate in Thailand, which would be cheaper, but it's illegal there. So after doing some research, Russell found an agency called Los Angeles Surrogacy. For Russell, the next steps are to find an egg donor and a surrogate. But it will probably take another year before he becomes a father. You know, in terms of an egg donor and in terms of a surrogate, do you know what you're looking for? Do you know what you want? Um, I'm more, I'm putting more uh, attention to the, paying more attention to the egg donor at the moment. I haven't thought about the next step. So... I want to have a mixed baby, since it's already a surrogate baby, so I want to have a mixed. And uh, I would go for dark hair, because um, if the egg donor is a blonde girl, I'm sure that it's very likely that my baby is going to be like blonde. Then, you know, in the future, I have this blonde kid on the street, they will say, where's your mother? <laughs> and it's so obvious that he does his... It's not my baby. Blued Baby wants to make surrogacy easier and safer for the LGBT community, steering clients to places where surrogacy is legal and long established, like California. Employees connect clients with trusted providers and shepherd them through each step, choosing an egg donor, choosing a surrogate, drawing up legal contracts. There are three employees in Los Angeles who pick up clients at the airport, book hotels, and help get them around the city. Blued Baby was launched less than two years ago, so it can't count any actual births yet. Although some of its clients are pregnant, or rather, the surrogates are pregnant. Blued Baby is also a test of how Blued can diversify its business into products and services that aren't necessarily online. 
for a mobile app and an online company, surrogacy is a very high-touch business. Gong Le said that in comparison to the internet side of his company, surrogacy is actually a slow business. It's a service industry. But he wanted to do it anyway because he thinks it can help people and because it's a happy thing. Even in saying that, though, it will turn a profit eventually. When David sat down with Gung Le, it was around the Chinese New Year, and he talked a lot about what's spurring gay men from China to turn to surrogacy. The Chinese New Year means heading home to visit family, and Gung Le says it brings out all the pressures of being gay, pressures that parents and relatives feel as well. When an adult child comes home, unmarried with no kids, it's hard for parents to face their friends too, he says. Bringing home his son, the next generation of the family, has repaired the heartache and the difficulties that his being gay and coming out has meant for them. A lot of people I spoke to, including academics and doctors, as well as intended parents themselves, said the same thing. Having a child makes it easier for these men to come out to their families. I asked Russell whether this was part of his plan, too. Do you think once you have a baby, you'll tell your parents, you'll come out to your parents? Well, that's a very good question. Um, I'm not going to tell them. Maybe my, my kid will tell them when he or she grow up. <laughs> Russell is hoping for a girl after this long process, and he anticipates lots of challenges to raising his child. He thinks he might have to send her to an expensive international school because she'll be a U.S. citizen and technically a foreigner in China. Russell isn't sure if he'll be able to get her the documents and permits needed to attend a regular Chinese school. He wonders how future classmates may react to her and if she'll resent him for not being a normal dad in a traditional family. How could, a, how could your child be upset? They won't really... They'll just... Uh, know what your family is like, and that's their family. They'll just accept it. Uh, because the kid is going to face a lot of uh, difficulties uh, in school, and because it's not a normal family. He's not going to be treated equally as other kids. I know it's not going to be easy, because our society is not ready for this kind of uh, babies, especially if we are gay couples. The plan eventually is for Blue to address this kind of worry with things like social kids groups on the app, where children of LGBT parents can bond, free from the stigma they might face for having a non-traditional family. Russell is also concerned that at any moment the Chinese government could decide it's not going to look the other way anymore. And you know our government is very communist. You don't know what they're going to do in the future. Maybe one day they, they, they will just say, OK, we have to stop this. You cannot do surrogate babies in China. You cannot promote it. When we asked Gung La and David Chow about that kind of risk, whether it's a crackdown on surrogacy or the gay community more broadly, they both said they aren't worried. And Blood certainly seems to be thriving. Its domestic business has turned a profit for the last two years, and Gung La is now planning an IPO. So June, on the point about Blood's plans to, to go public, did you get the sense that any part of those plans was related to putting the company on a surer footing and insulate it from risk coming from the government? Not necessarily. I mean, if the government wants to crack down in China, they will. Um, but one reason they may not is demographics. China's population is aging really rapidly. And having spent a long time trying to limit the population, I think the government is now interested in 
boosting the birth rate. And even if these babies are born by surrogate, they're still babies. They're still boosting the birth rate. Given how expensive this procedure is, I wonder how many babies this, you know, this avenue would actually yield. That's true. I mean, it does seem incredibly expensive and complicated, you know, with the currency controls in China and stuff like that. But uh, some of the fertility experts that I talked to who have been to China on these kind of educational tours that Blued has put on to talk to gay men who are considering surrogacy said that often their parents are with them. And this is such a strong, it's, so, it's such a strong imperative to have children in China that these parents are just totally committed. They're going to chip in and help make it happen for their sons. Well, that was one of the big revelations for me working with you on this story. I had no idea that um, it would help parents deal with their children's sexuality if they had a grandchild in the picture. Yeah, I mean, I think it sort of just allows them to ignore it. I mean, who cares about their children's sexuality when they have a grandchild? Focus on the grandchild. (laughs) Yeah. So did you meet any of Blue Baby's clients? They wouldn't make any of their clients available. I mean, they said basically... They were all really worried about privacy. And um, I mean, it's still not something that's really accepted in China. Um, it's not seen as normal, right? Even even just surrogacy by straight people, right? So I think there's a lot of concerns around that. Um, I was able to talk to a surrogate who's working with a blued baby client, and she's about to give birth any day now, Um And that was cool. I mean, it was kind of, so we're going to have a blued baby, the first blued baby, any day now. And that's it for this week's episode of Decrypted. Thanks for listening. We want to hear from you. So you can find me on Twitter at Dune Lawrence. And I'm at Pia Gadkari. And please help us spread the word about our new season. You can leave us a rating and a review wherever you like to listen. This episode was produced by Pia Gadkari and Lindsay Cradwell. Our story editor was Emily Busso. Thanks also to Anne Vandermey, Aki Ito, and Brad Stone. Francesca Levy is head of Bloomberg Podcasts. We'll see you next week. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CutterEconomicForum.com.